Hey parents out there, what are some creative ways you discipline your children? You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble. Also, make sure you're checking me out on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Some great polls going up in the stories over there. Some informative uh, graphics I think going up too. And also, if you are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. I recently passed 10,000 subs and I couldn't be happier and uh, more grateful for everybody who has supported the show. So go and do that as well. Today, what we are doing is looking at fantasy basketball sleepers across the main platforms, Fantrax, Yahoo, of course, and ESPN. Michael Bolton, he wasn't here yesterday, but he's back again. Let's get to it. it. Let's get to it indeed. Now, a quick mention, just before recording this podcast today, ESPN went and updated their rankings. As usual, there's a few things that absolutely make no sense. Now, there are two unbelievably egregious errors in these rankings. I'm going to mention them today, but I'm also going to mention what the issue is with them. Tomorrow, I'm doing a bust section, and that will uh, also reflect that as well on ESPN. But remember, ESPN's rankings did adjust. I'm going off their Roto rankings. They adjusted their points rankings, which have some real whackness to them as well. Montrez Harrell at number 25 or 29, and Pascal Siakam at number 10 on their points ranking stand out like dog's balls to me as being things that are wrong. But we're looking at their Roto rankings. So, I had to quickly scurry and change over my graphics and change over the guys on ESPN that I was going to talk about, but I've done that because those rankings are out now. So let's start by looking at the sleepers. We'll start with Yahoo and look at some sleepers over there. They also recently adjusted their rankings, and uh, some of the guys made uh, some weird changes in the rankings, and number one of those is Devin Booker, who dropped all the way down to number 38. I do not see that for Booker at all. He was a top 10 player. Uh, in the second half of last season in a in a per-game 8-cat format. You know my thought process on turnovers at all. And if you go over on, if you remember on Basketball Monster, I did a one-man mock draft, and that is I drafted for all 12 teams, trying to build coherent teams. And for literally every one of those teams, I drafted with turnovers off. Yet, multiple teams have strong turnovers. It's a byproduct of not paying attention to assist. But if you turn turnovers on when looking at rankings, it really does skew multiple categories and throws the value of these players out. So Booker at 38, he should never be lasting to that spot, which is where he currently is on Yahoo. His ADP is 21. That's a factor of where his rank used to be. To me, he is a mid-second round player in that, say, 15 to 18 sort of a range. They also dropped Zion Williamson down to number 41. I have Zion more as a third round player, top 30 guy who could be a top 20 player if his stellar defensive numbers from college carry over. That's an if, of course, and you're not taking him at that spot. But 41, I think, is a little bit low for Zion. So in the fourth round of a 12-team league, I'd be more than happy to grab Williamson, especially if it is a points league format where I think that his poor free throw, well, I know that his point poor free throw percentage won't be as much of an impact They also have Kyle Lowry way too low at number 52. I have Lowry as a third-round player in a standard 12-team league for this season. 52 is not the right spot. He's going to take on a little bit more usage. He took a step back last season with the fun guy Kawhi Leonard in town. 
I'm a fun guy. <laughs> so it's only natural. Look, Pascal Siakam's not going to take every single one of Kawhi Leonard's shots. That's impossible for him to do. Lowry is going to have to step it back up. The efficiency was also a career low last year. I expect him, especially with the shortage of point guards and the assist category being hard to get, getting him in the fifth round is an absolute steal. I think there's great value at Lowry at that spot. Derek Favors, they've got at number 56 as well in their re-ranks. They had him at like 100, and then they re-ranked him to the 30s, and then they've bumped him back out to 56. So he is all over the place. So his value has gone from massive sleeper to probable bust back to being a sleeper, depending on where they move him. I look like him as more of a top 50 guy. I'm not worried about Jackson Hayes or Jolly Lokafor taking minutes away from favors for the Pelicans this season. Even if he's only a 29-minute, 28-minute-a-game guy, he should be able to bring back value at this spot. And they also drop Zachy Levine down to number 63. I think Levine is pretty comfortable as a top 50-ish sort of a player, a guy that can you know, go out there and score you 20 points per game, 23, 24 points per game, four or five assists, four or five rebounds. Defensive numbers lack, but he is pretty efficient for a guard. And while I'm not as high on Levine overall as a player for fantasy, this is just too low to have him down at number 63. Before we get into the next bunch of uh, guys, if you've had a long day of work or if you listen to this still stuck at the office, you should treat yourself to the meal that you deserve. Have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. The next bunch of guys, the, uh, the tank, Thomas Bryant. They have dropped him down to number 64. Again, I think that Bryant is an efficient, shot-blocking big man who has really no challenge for minutes in Washington. He is a top 50 type of player. You're not getting 30 spots of value on Bryant, but instead of being a sixth-round player where they've got him at the moment, he's more of a fourth, back-end fourth, uh, fifth-round sort of a guy. So there is still value on Tom Bryant at 64. Similarly with Jonas Valanciunas. Initially, I had Valanciunas ranked pretty aggressively coming into the season. I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to use him, but if he gets 30 minutes a night, he's like a chance to crack the top 30. And at 65, that's almost the absolute back end of where his value is. Even yeah, if he doesn't see yeah, big minutes and he's just a 26, 27 minute a night guy. I think he provides that value. And Brandon Clark is not going to be playing 27 minutes a night immediately for the Grizzlies. I think we're going to see pretty decent numbers out of Valanciunas. Lonzo Ball, they've got at number 75. I'm aware of the concerns with Ball and his shooting. His free throw shooting is such low volume. The field goal percentage can be dealt with or it can be punted. But his ability to get block steals, rebounds, and assists... And a decent volume of three-pointers. Despite his piss-poor shooting, he can actually hit threes at a decent rate. I think Lonzo, in those mid, that fifth round, maybe sixth round, but more of a fifth-round point guard, that's the right spot for him. While Shea Gildas-Alexander is just way too low here. At number 80, you know that Kyle McEwen's got him up as like a top 30 sort of a guy. I'm not quite as aggressive on Shea. Maybe when we get to the head-to-head playoffs, Gildas-Alexander is in that spot. But for now, I think he's him, him more as an early sixth, late fifth Top 62, 65 sort of a guy. Not a player that you're looking at at the back end of the seventh round where he's ranked. Same with the ravishing one, Rick Rubio. Actually, playing that drop reminds me, I did put put this out on Twitter yesterday asking if, because I get this question all the time, how do you come up with this nickname? What does all this mean? So this week, I'm going to do a bonus episode on top of the usual five that I do that just goes through literally and explains all of the nicknames that I give players and explains all of the sound drops. So 
It won't be of use to many of you. It won't be of interest to many of you. But I'm going to do a show literally just explaining why, who everyone is in terms of my nicknames, why they've got those nicknames, the origins of them, and the origins of these uh, sound drops that I play. So that will come at some point this week. I don't know what day it will be. So Rubio at 82, I believe, is a sleeper as well. The next bunch of guys, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Yahoo has put down at number 78. I, I'm not really worried about Carter not getting minutes. Robin Lopez is gone. Gafford isn't ready. Luke Cornett, the Cornetto, he's not quite at that spot just yet. Chris Felizio, <laughs> cool. Um, I think Carter's getting 30 at a minimum. Maybe he gets more than that. He had foul trouble. He also got one of the worst coaches in the NBA who completely dicked him around. I think Carter has absolute top 25 upside, not for this season, but in a couple of years' time, a guy that can provide Al Horford-type stat lines. That's the sort of player you're looking at. So at 78, he is good value, as is Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Derek White at number 94. There is like, Obviously, people have concerns with White, and, and I understand that. With uh, DeJounte Murray's going to come back. Murray's a better player. I don't fully... I don't believe that Murray's a better player. I also don't believe that White is going to be completely minimized in this Spurs team. I think he still gets the 30 a night playing alongside Murray, playing in front of Murray. It'll be guys like Marco Bellinelli and Bryn Forbes who probably lose the majority of those minutes. White provides steals, he provides blocks, he assists, he rebounds, he'll hit threes at an okay volume, really strong field goal efficiency. I think he's more of a seventh round point guard rather than a ninth round guy that Yahoo has him ranked there. And similarly with DeLon Wright, who they have ranked one spot ahead of Derek White, I've got DeLon, who should be the starting point guard for the Dallas Mavericks, up in that seventh round. A guy who has a really high steal rate. His shot was horrible last year, but still put up big numbers as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. Can rebound, can get assists. Very, very similar to White, actually, in his statistical profile. And if the shot comes back, he has had some moments when he was with the Raptors where he could hit shots. Uh, didn't really happen last year, but previous to that, he was uh, he was pretty strong at that area. JaVale McGee. Um, they've got him as 113th. I think that he should be the starting center over Dwight Howard. He should be playing the bulk of those minutes, and I don't expect that to be 30. Give him 25 minutes a night, and he's a top 100 player. Shit, McGee at the end of last season was like a top 20 guy in March, playing like 30 minutes a night. That is how well his statistical profile transfers over to fantasy. So getting him at 113, which is like a 10th round player in a 12-team league, is downright theft. And then you've got Karis LeVert, who they've got at 102. I've got him higher than that, about 20 spots higher than that. Um, really was you know, probably the Nets' best player in the playoff series. Yes, Kyrie is there, but now LeVert is the second best player in this team. He'll handle the ball secondarily. He'll score. He provides defense. Hopefully, the shooting can come out up, although we've had three years where it hasn't happened. I still have confidence in LeVert, and I think getting him at that 100 mark uh, constitutes pretty strong value. Let's go on to the next bunch of Yahoo sleepers that are available. Kevon Looney at 136. Yes, I think Willie Cauley-Stein will be the starter for the Golden State Warriors. And I also think that Kevon Looney will significantly outstrip him in terms of minutes. Cauley-Stein has had so many moments as being a starter and not being that good. Looney was excellent for the Warriors. Curse talked about wanting to get him to 30 minutes. I don't think he's getting to 30 minutes, but I also think at 136, which basically constitutes your second last or last pick, there is value there for him to outstrip that high field goal percentage, good steals guy, contributes some blocks, an underrated passer, a strong rebounder. 
Free throw percentage is a bit of a concern for Loon, but I think at that spot, there is value in him. Same with Zachy Collins at 123. Collins is going to be the starter at power forward. He's probably going to be the backup center as well. He can hit threes. He can block shots. He can grab rebounds. He's a 30-plus minute a night guy, and getting him at 123 looks great. And same as the guy ranked behind him, Dwight Powell, at 124. He should start next to Kristaps Porzingis for Dallas. Porzingis. And yeah, but he was, like a, again, a guy... End of last year, there was like a top 50, top 60 player with high field goal percentage, good steal rate, rebounding, scoring well. It won't be at that same level that he was last season, but Dallas is somewhat, for God knows what reason, committed to him, giving him that extension in the offseason. And I think high 20s in minutes is probably the reality for Pally. Dario Saric at 130. I'm not massive on Saric, but I think that he can outstrip this value pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, bad season last year with just 25 minutes a game. I'd be pretty surprised if he plays only 25 minutes a night for the Phoenix Suns, considering the backup power forward is Frank Kaminsky. So he should be in line for more minutes there and maybe a little bit more usage in Phoenix than he saw in Minnesota. And at 138, Brando Ingram. Um, look, Ingram has issues with low three-point volume, with poor free throw percentage, but this is just too low for Ingram. I think he's going to run point guard for the backup unit on the Pelicans. He's going to score. He can rebound okay. Now he has really poor defensive numbers, and free throw issue percentage is an issue, and that's what casts him out of being a higher player. But at this spot, again, this is a 12th round sort of selection. Uh, I'm all about getting Ingram at this spot. The last bunch of guys on Yahoo that are worth me mentioning here, the old Sexland combination in Cleveland. Colin Sexton at 158 and Darius Garland at 147. These are both guys you should be looking at at the 120 to for Sexton, 130 sort of range for Garland. Garland is one of my favorite late round, 12th or 13th round flyer picks for this season. Uh, you have to have a little bit of patience early on, but I think he's probably going to be the third most productive category league rookie this season ahead of RJ Barrett, ahead of Rui Hachimura. So I think there's value in him. I want to talk about flyer type guys. These last three players, Malik Monk, Norman Powell, and the Duck, Luke Kennard, at 178 for Monk, 167 for Storm and Norman, and 180 for the Duck. There is value on all of those guys. Kennard is going to run the second unit alongside Derek Rose. Powell is going to have, and probably is the favorite to start in Danny Green's spot in Toronto. And Monk, if they decide to go away from Batum, that'll push the Baconator Dwayne Bacon to Smallfoot and Monk at shooting guard. Now, if Monk gets 30 minutes a night, he is going to put up big numbers because he can assist, he can score. The problem is, is he's so unswitched on and so uncommitted to, to you know, buying into a team concept. The risk is obviously huge, but that's why you take him late. And at 178, Yahoo's priced him out of a standard league roster. And as a last pick, I would much rather take someone like him versus a, let me pull out a name out of my ass and try and find someone like a Rodney Hood in the last round. I would much prefer to take someone like Monk there who, whose upside you know, can obviously outstrip that. You know, Punch Bob Shiplock, Marcus Morris even. Like I'd rather take that upside on Monk who has shown some flashes, is young, and the opportunity is there rather than one of these old, tired, Willie Cauley-Stein, Marvin Williams types, who uh, Marvin Williams, again, is uh, maybe that'll come up on uh, the Sleeper Show tomorrow. He's ranked 119th on Yahoo. There is zero chance that I would take Marv over Malik Monk at that spot. Let's now go on to talk about these ESPN sleepers again. They did update these rankings, and let's start with the one that stands out. It should stand out like the biggest the biggest set of dogs balls that you've ever seen and multiply it by 20. That is how much Paul George being ranked at 89 should stand out to you. Now, what has happened with the ESPN ranks is they have mixed up inexplicably and unforgivably Paul George and Patrick Beverly's name because Patrick Beverly is ranked 12th. He's ranked 12th, right? Paul George is ranked 89th. 
scared. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. It might be a classic blunder. It's also ridiculous. So, we all know that Paul George is not the 89th ranked player. But there will be... I just had to mention it just to get it out there to tell you what has happened. He is down at 89. By the time you listen to this, maybe they've figured it out and fixed it. I've got no idea. I tweeted about it. ESPN guys follow me. Maybe they've seen it. But for now, at the time of me recording this, Paul George is ranked 89th because they've swapped him and Patrick Beverly over. So if you're in a draft and people aren't looking and they're not going by ADP, George is going to be way down the list. So bear that in mind. Onto some other ones that actually seem to be their, their real rankings. Kyrie Irving at 25. I think he's a first round guy. Uh, sorry, 24. I think he's a first round guy. No idea what the rationale is behind having Irving down there. I don't think yeah, Kyrie, I actually should look this up before I start uh, espousing nonsense to you guys, but I don't think he's ever uh, had a season in the last you know, six years where he's been outside the top 24. I could be completely wrong on that. Let me just uh, bring up his numbers and have a look at them. All right, 10th last year, 15th the year before, 18th the year before that. He was 49th back in 15 and 16. Um, and then the year before that, 9th, 17th, 9th, 18th. So really... He's had one year outside the top 24. Him moving to Brooklyn, ESPN's going, nah, yeah, screw that. We're going to have him as a late second round guy. Nonsense. Foolishness. Otto Porter at 57. That is, he constantly is under underrated. And yes, he probably is a better roto guy than head-to-head. But I'm changing a little bit of my strategy and thinking about things that way. But regardless, Porter, I think his ability to get steals makes him a, a useful head-to-head guy anyway. Highly efficient. Uh, steals. The scoring went up in Chicago. No reason it can't stick at a similar type level this season. Otto Porter at 57 is a steal. The next one, I I can't explain it. Mitchell Robinson at number 70. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. He definitely will take it from here because if you're getting Mitch Robinson at number 70, that's value. Now, you can talk about Fizdale and God knows, is there anybody who hangs more shit on Fizdale than me? If there is, can you direct them my way? I'd love to have, I do a podcast with him. But I just, I can't see a situation where Robinson is playing, what, 18 minutes a night to put him down as the 70th ranked player? If he gets anywhere close to 30, which is probably not going to happen, then Robinson is like a top 30 sort of a player. The more he stays on the court, the more his block rate drops, understandably. But this is is nonsense. There's no way that I can see Mitchie Robinson down here at 70. I've got him projected at about the 50 spot. And again, maybe I look at that and go, that that could actually bite me on the ass. And maybe I'm way too low on him there. Uh, Yahoo's got him ranked at 20th, so that is a, a pretty large discrepancy. At least ESPN improved it because he was ranked 106th before this update. Still wrong. Derek Favors at number 71. I just talked about it on Yahoo. He's still underranked over on ESPN as well. All right, the next bunch of guys. Again, I talked about Lonzo. I talked about Ravishing Rick as well. They're at 78 and 79 on the ESPN re-ranks. But one I do want to talk about here is Gordon Haywood, who comes in at number 88. Again, an improvement. They had him at 110 beforehand. But I think he's more of a sixth-round player. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I think that you know one... Almost going to be two years removed from breaking his leg, that horrible injury. Last year, it was a struggle. Struggle fitting in, struggle returning. Everything I understand about Haywood is he's ready to go. He won't be approaching Utah numbers exactly, but he has to take on a larger load with both Horford and Irving gone. Yes, Kemba's there, but Kemba is one person. So I think that Haywood's minutes are going to go up and his production is going to go up. He's going to see his assist numbers go back up as well. So I really like him at number 80. And his former teammate, Terry Rozier, comes in at number 90. Now, you can hate Terry Rozier as a player as much as I do, and you still acknowledge that in fantasy, he's going to get every opportunity to put up numbers. They aren't going to play Devontae Graham over him after they significantly overplayed to get Rogier in. I think Graham could be a better player than Rogier, but that's not what's going to happen. 
Roger is going to take his shots. He's going to get rebounds. He'll he'll blunder his way into assists as well. And at 90, that is a steal. Now, you do have to worry about his field goal percentage for a bloke who's never shot 40% from the field. You can either deal with that or you can punt it. But if he gets actually better there, again, a real long shot, then you know, I that's a huge boost. And 90 is just way too low for Rozier, as it is for Kelly Oubre, who they have ranked at 100. Again, this is an improvement. He was 155th before the re-rank. 100 is still too low. This is a top 30 guy. And me and uh, Alex Reclean yesterday debated Oubre. He had him way too high, in my opinion. But I obviously agree that 100 is way too low. He's a seventh round sort of a player who's going to get 30 plus minutes. He's going to score and hit threes. He did have a significant boost in his defensive numbers last year. Whether that sticks or not, I've got absolutely no idea, but I feel pretty good about saying that he can be at least a top 80 guy. And at, at number 100, that's some pretty good value for Oobs. At uh, the next bunch of guys we have a look at is two guys, again, I mentioned, DeLon Wright and Derek White. Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. White is 103 on ESPN. White is 94th. And the other one, again, if if the dog's balls of Paul George didn't smack you in the face, then get a whiff of these ones because Pascal Siakam is at number 114. Yes, Pascal Now, I know that he could have regression being the number one player on the Raptors, but this is ridiculous. But what has happened here, in my opinion, it's not as easy to, to connect the dots on this one as it is the Paul George, Patrick Beverly. They're on the same team. But PJ Tucker is ranked 28th on ESPN's rankings. That is where Siakam should be sitting and Tucker should be sitting at 114. So for God knows what reason, reason, PJ Tucker and Pascal Siakam have been mixed up. But again, if you're in a league, people have got their thumbs, both thumbs, full fists up their own assholes. Maybe they're not aware that Siakam shouldn't be picked at 114. So you need to have a look at him there. But that is what has happened. So that will be corrected, I imagine, at some point. But at this current stage, Pascal Siakam is 114th on ESPN's Roto Ranks. Thomas Satoransky at 124. I am convinced he is the bull starting point guard. I'm convinced he can be a top 100-ish type of player and getting him in this 12th round sort of area, I think is pretty good value. And I mentioned before, Darius Garland at number 162, really strong value there. Some more ESPN guys to look at. Ishmael Smith at number 171. Um, No, Isaiah Thomas. Smith is not a high upside guy, but he's looking for a point guard late, 11th, 12th, 13th round. He is the guy to grab. Interestingly enough, they re-ranked all these guys. They didn't re-rank Thomas Bryant, who's still at 173. So the tank remains an absolute steal. Whether you get him in the 70s or the 80s and not the 170s, that's still unbelievable value. Also, Rudy Gay at 175. Now, Gay doesn't have all that much upside. Uh, He's probably going to be the sixth man for the Spurs, but... He's better than 175th. I can pretty much guarantee you that. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! He is at number 86. Now, on a per-game basis, the Rooster could be a top 30 player on a Thunder team that needs him to score. Injuries are a worry. Maybe there's a trade risk. He's more of a probably a 50 to 60 guy. 86 is just way too low for Gallinari. And ESPN put up a top 100, uh, sorry, top 200 players. Their 200th guy on that list is Kenneth Freed, who currently plays for nobody. Miles Bridges isn't in the top 200. So, Miles Bridges is a sleeper, because he's not in that list. I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and maybe it's been updated. He isn't there. So he is not in the top 200, but Kenneth Freed, the player without a team, is at number 200. So Miles Bridges remains a sleeper. The last bunch of ESPN guys to look at, Jeremy Lamb at 136. Yes, Victor Oladipo coming back will cut into Lamb's minutes, but surely... 
Lamb can maintain high 20s in minutes and take some of Justin Holiday's scrub minutes and keep himself at least in the 100 to 110 type range while getting three months of top 100 value. I like it. Sharich, I mentioned earlier, he's at 139 on ESPN, while Boyan Bogdanovic at number 142 should be starting for Utah. Won't be the same player that he was in uh, Indiana where he was the number one offensive option, but better than 142. Well, similarly to Miles Bridges, the Duck Luke Canard is outside the top 200 of ESPN's ranks. So as an upside flyer, third round type of player, the Duck can be a guy that you look at at the end of your uh, drafts. Let's move on to Fantrax now. Now, Fantrax ranks are all over the place. Sometimes you go into a draft room, they're ranked by what some sort of nebulous number called score. You go into edit, you edit your pre-draft ranks. There are different formats. So what I use with Fantrax ranks is their ADP to give you an idea of where guys I think are getting underdrafted on Fantrax because their, their ranks tend to change depending on your league setting. They also published a piece on auction values as well, which appear way off. They're really, really high-priced guys there, so just pay attention to that as well. That means that some people are going to be overspending for some players on fan tracks, and that should be able to give you some significant value in those mid-rounds. So let's look at some sleepers based on fan tracks ADP. Kyrie Irving at 18. I've already told you I think he's a first-round guy. Trey Young at 26. I feel pretty good about Young being a 20 uh, top 20 player this season. Some value in him. High assists, high scoring, hits threes, not a bad rebounder, elite free throw percentage. These are all very, very strong things for a second round player. DeAndre Ayton at 36. No reason for him to be that far down in a uh, in an ADP, ADP setting for Ayton. He is a second round guy, back end second round guy. While the Baptist, Johnny Collins, they have him at 42. Again, this is a guy, Collins, who in 30 minutes a game averaged 20 and 10 last season. And I could not stress enough that he had one steal in 2018. Those sort of streaks do not happen continually. So he'll be better in that area. And I've already talked about Kyle Lowry at number 53 here on Fantrax. That is too low for Lowry. The next bunch of guys, Otto Porter at 68, too low. Bob Covington at 59. I think that that, yeah, Covington, he, so much of his value comes from steals, but he hits, he hits threes, he gets rebounds. He blocks shots as well. If you're getting him in round six, I think that he's more of a fourth round guy. There is value there, as is Lowry Markinen, whose ADP comes in at 59. I think there is a chance that Markinen becomes the number one scorer on the Bulls this season. An outside chance, but a chance nonetheless. And getting him as an efficient big man, no defensive numbers, but the efficiency, oh, sorry, a free throw efficient. And this is, again, a tangent. I apologize for this tangent, and I just made that mistake there as well. We need to be careful when we use terms because words have meanings, and those meanings should be respected. So when you say someone is efficient, I would expect that they're efficient from the field and from the line. Again, I just made that mistake with Markinen. He is an efficient big man from the line with a bad field goal percentage. The tank Thomas Bryant is an efficient big man because he shoots good percentages from both. LaMarcus Aldridge is an efficient big man. DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, they are efficient big men. The other one that gets thrown around quite a bit, and I saw it when I posted a thing about Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler, you know, who would you draft? And although Butler is elite at defensive stats, well, no, he's elite at steals. He's not elite at blocks. Jonathan Isaac is elite at steals and blocks. Defensive stats is not just steals. It's not just blocks. It's both of those two. So unless you're going to be specific, he's elite at steals or he's elite at blocks, just be careful with those things because it can... And and again, you look at Butler, and I know what someone means when they say he's elite at steals, but it just... I know I have to do a better job of it as well because you've got to... You know, words have meanings and confusion can reign if you don't actually uh, say those things properly. Favors at 84 and the tank Tom Bryant at 86. Both of those guys too low, speaking of efficient big man with Tommy Bryant. Um... 
Terry Rozier at 91, Rubio at 82, Wendell Carter at 92, Miles Bridges at 101, and Derek White at 106. All of those guys are far too low on ADP. I talked about that or of all of those guys already uh, with uh, some of the other providers. Um, the next bunch of guys, DeLon Wright at 96, Jeff Teague at 106. My name is Jeff. Teague um, is two years removed from a top 50 season, can provide assists. His shooting was piss poor last year. The threes didn't go in and he barely took any. But no one's there to challenge his minutes, really. I think he's going to play way more games than the 42 that he played last season. I think that's 42. Just double-check that. Happy to be fact-checked on that. Um, but, yeah, really strong numbers. At 106, there's a real steal there. Same as Dwight Powell at 128. And then a couple of either Spurs or former Spurs. Davis Bertans at 241. Fine to take a flyer on him as a last pick as a three-point guy with good free throw percentage, some okay rebounds, solid enough blocks as probably a starter for the Wizards, and Jakob Pertl at 344. Now, come on now. We know that Pertl is not going to be a 30-minute-a-night guy. He may not start, but he's going to exceed number 344 on a ranking list. I feel pretty confident about that. The last bunch of guys to look at, Monk at 400, I've talked about already. The Duck, Luke Kennard at 266. Maxi Kleber at 235. Kleber can provide threes, good free throw percentage, and high blocks, making him close to a stream guy in 12-team leagues. Same as a Josh Okoge for his steal numbers. His ADP is 314th, while Ish Smith at 200. That should correct, but he should be drafted in every 12-team league at this point as the starting point guard for your Washington Wizards. That will do it for today's show. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to be back and looking at the other side of the coin, talking about why drafting Patrick Beverly at number 12 is probably the wrong idea. So going through the three providers, talking about busts as well. Later this week, I'm going to be doing another show talking about the idea of punting in head-to-head leagues. And then on Friday, the first mock draft, the first snake head... That's not... Okay. Not the first head-to-head draft because I did an auction mock draft that was head-to-head. The first snake head-to-head mock draft of the season. And then as we push into next week, it's mock draft week. Five days, five mock drafts. I will put a call out to my Patreons to join into this snake draft for Friday show. So be aware of that. And then if that doesn't fill up from the Patreons, I will throw it out to Twitter as well. So be ready for that. The first snake mock draft of the season is coming Friday. Follow me on Twitter at redrock underscore beeble. The Patreon is patreon.com slash redrock underscore beeble. Instagram, locked on fantasy basketball. And if you're on YouTube, Go ahead, smash that like button. 10,000 subs up. Let's get it to 20,000 in in a couple of months. Uh, Hit the notification, share it, leave a comment, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, five-star rating and review. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Oliver.